Welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast feed. You've got Jason here. Of course, I'm joined by Wyatt. Hey, what's going on, gang? We're having a great time getting these podcasts out. Yeah, we missed last week. Wyatt was kind of under the weather there. Didn't have much of a voice. so I kind of I likened it to, if you remember, the Brady Bunch. I think it was whatever the middle kid, Peter, was having the... the changing voice puberty voice oh, yes. i swear i was going through it because <laughs> i was all over the spectrum there <laughs> i do remember that episode yes well glad you are back glad your voice is back and uh, we're back with another memory jocker mystery episode so glad that you are tuned in with us hope you've been enjoying the ride so far had some fun topics last time was our compact disc episode which i thought turned out pretty well yeah and uh, we've got another topic ready to uh, find out what that's going to be this week here shortly. But first, uh, as we've said, we would uh, really love to hear your feedback, whether it's on social media or you can just leave a review if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify. And, of course, our voicemail. And we got our first voicemail last week and wanted to play that for you just um, right here on the air. Yeah. So I'm going to uh, hit play here. Hopefully we'll be able to hear him pretty clear. But it's our friend Chad, Chad Droz over there on Twitter. Chad underscore Droz was kind enough to leave us a voicemail. So let's hear what he had to say. Hey, Jason Wyatt. Loved the show last week. And uh, thanks for the shout out. Uh, mommy and baby are doing well. Love the show. And uh, last week, man, I think I might be a little bit younger than you guys. Not by much, but uh, so my sweet spot really wasn't really with CDs. It was more of the Napster era. And uh, Jason, I chuckled when you mentioned that CD stomper because I uh, absolutely had that. And I felt like a boss making your own custom uh, CD uh, labels. Question I have for you guys is do you guys have any particular favorite CDs in, in terms of art covers, maybe the CD jacket sleeves, uh, liner notes, anything like that that sticks out in your mind that you remember fondly. Talk to you guys later. All right, Chad. Well, thanks for the uh, voicemail there. Do you remember anything particular about the way the uh, CDs came in, the, the maybe the jewel cases or liner notes, something unique? Not really. The only thing I liked, um, I think there was one or two cds i've had i've bought i say more recently and that's like 2000s when they when Mm -hmm. the um the double disc you know the the fold up because there's two discs in there another one because you asked a question there chad about the labels i found it odd that not as many artists put their lyrics in the cd versus the cassette Cassettes typically had all the lyrics of every song. So for me, mm-hmm. if you're listening to our podcast in the past, I don't know if I'm mildly tone deaf or something, but there's words I can't understand on a lot of those songs. <laughs> um, a great case in point is Brian Adams, Summer of 69. That one song where he's opening up, you know, opening up the song, he says, uh, he, he got, got a six string. Got my first five real six string. Got my first sex, sex, I yep. always thought for the many, many years, I thought he said, got my first sex dream in the summer <laughs> at that five and dime. I'm like, what? So I had to get the lyrics to figure out, oh, it's 
and I was too young to even know what that meant, but that's what it sounded like to me. (laughs) So some artists, yeah, it depends on the artist. Like, um, uh, I'm a big fan of seal. And if you'll listen to some of his interviews and everything, when somebody asked him a question about the lyrics to a song, like kiss from a rose, is it kiss from a rose on the gray, on the grave, from the grave or something. And he will ask them, well, what do you think it is? And they'll, you know, tell him back what they think it is. And he's like, well, that's it. So he, he doesn't put the lyrics in there on purpose. So you can interpret it however you want to interpret it. But I will agree with that because I remember several cassettes that I had that the liner notes just fold out, fold out, fold out, fold out. And you have all the lyrics to the songs or different little sketches or whatever uh, they wanted to put in there. And it did seem less and less, maybe it was because of the space, but you might have CD liner notes that fold out once or twice at the most. And that was all that they would do. I remember when, so the, like the jewel cases were mainly black and had the clear, you know, open spot there. And then they went all clear with it. Right. So you could have, uh, imagery behind the cd itself you know like the early ones it was just all black back there but they could add uh on the flip side of the back cover there was also something that would show through as you pulled the cd out so i thought that was always cool as well when they got creative like that and then it seemed like when you started burning cds and got into that era the cd cases got slimmer and some did there was the compact ones where you could barely fit one like a label into it and mm-hmm. then there was the standard and what i remember about those is much like our cassettes they had um, lines so you could organize you know mm-hmm. your 10 15 songs on it but it wasn't pretty by any means especially if you had terrible handwriting it was you know what is this stuff what did i yeah but you know, some people were able to, we didn't have printers back in our day with either one of those. So, well, I take that back. Jason, you said you had a stomp it. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I, I wrote on it and, you know, hoped I could legibly understand it till I got to doing DJing stuff. I got hired to do a wedding and they asked me to record all the songs uh, and make a CD for them. And that was the first time I did it. And it took me, you know, I can't remember what I used. It was probably editing like PowerPoint or something, but it took me a while to get it to look just right. Right. Now they adored it and it worked great, but I probably went through 10 iterations of that trying to figure out, you know, because I was trying to fade the the wedding photo slightly, (laughs) make sure you didn't have the line for the text box and all that junk. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of, Software you can just use on your phone now to do all that oh, kind of yeah. stuff. A lot different ball game than it was back then. Trying to come up with a little visual with your, you know, mix or whatever. <laughs> but yeah, and then the other big thing too is you know early CDs were just all silver, and you would have like some black writing on the top of it. But when they started actually having images and stuff on the CD itself. That would come with like your, you know, new, when you'd buy new albums. I thought that was pretty cool as well. You know, you could, it's just another way to differentiate your 
band sound whatever you wanted to and get it stuck in your uh fan's head <laughs> just having some more imagery on the actual disc itself so uh that was fun yeah chad i appreciate you uh yeah. leaving the message and uh like i said we are happy to take your questions or if you want to just react to what we've been talking about would love to get uh, your take and you can click in our show notes. There's a link right there over to our Telby site and just uh, do what Chad did and leave us a voicemail and we'll react to it the next time we can. But uh, it's time for another mystery episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's spin, spin. No bankrupt, no bankruptcy, no bankruptcy. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see what we get in this episode. Oh my gosh. It's a big one. It's a real big one because oh I can talk me some Dukes of Hazard. Gosh, the Dukes of Hazard. I should should always put a disclaimer. This yeah. would be like part one of ten. <laughs> well, you are the fanatic. Uh, at one point, I believe I referred to what you had there was uh, your shrine, your Dukes of Hazard shrine. Yes. But let's just start out from the beginning. Then, what's your earliest memory of watching Dukes of Hazard? You know, I don't recall the very first few episodes when I obviously re-watched season one now. I don't recall them, but I remember it being, I still don't remember when it aired. I want to say it aired on Friday nights. There was always something big on a Friday night. I mean, we watched mm-hmm. it, obviously. And that we sounds had, right. And we had the bag of chips. Um <laughs> I think it was Friday nights is when we did it. Cause that was the, there was only a, like Night Rider was Thursday and Airwolf was some other night. I don't re- recall, but like Dukes of Hazard was the big to do. So we'd either have the, what is it called? Gibbles potato chips. And we oh. talked about that in our PA snacks. Uh-huh. And very rarely did we have Middlesworth, but I, I'm, I think we had one once like the tub, yeah. the actual big, what looks like a paper barrel oh. once it was probably a fortune to my dad then, but, uh, <laughs> or we have popcorn and I talked about that where we had that oil bath, uh, popcorn maker. And, you know, no matter how well we cleaned it, my mom used probably scour pads on that and it still didn't look clean. Um, <laughs> but nonetheless, we would do, I don't remember the episode, but I just remember that was the big to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. Seeing the intros and outros, those are the things I do actually remember. You'd see, um, you know, image of the generals, airborne or something mm-hmm. like that. And it's, you know, Wayland saying, we'll be right back, friends, or something in that <laughs> effect, you know. And one of the outtakes, I think it was an outtake, obviously it's a scene from the show, was a poster I had for years. And I, that's one of the things I regret when we moved from dory street in clearfield to my stepdad's house it somehow got left behind and that was one of the things i mm. like stopped my foot about i'm sure <laughs> what about you what was your earliest memories i don't i know you yeah. like dukes i don't know if you were as big a fan as i am let's see when did it come out it was like 78 maybe 79 79 okay so we're three and four years old uh, about that time so it would have been later in the 80s probably 82 83 ish before i would have been aware of the show right and you said your 
this is going back to you, I guess, but you said your parents were a little more conservative with what they'd let you watch. So there was a little bit of risque with Daisy, you know, in her bikini and stuff every once in a while. So it, I guess it, that kind of passed for your, uh, from your parents it, there. Well, it probably did. Censorship. I mean, it's not like now where, you know, if at worst you could pre-screen it, you know, you could go right. rent the movie or re- rent a show or even buy a cheap DVD and kind of pre-screen it and go, yep, yeah, nope, you're not watching this. <laughs> but back then it was, you get what you get. And I don't recall my dad ever like throwing his hand over my eyes or anything, but um, <laughs> yeah, I know season one, at least for the first few episodes were, I mean, aside from Daisy's bikini, were more roughed up. They had the language there and then they decided to put into an earlier time slot because kids like me were watching it. <laughs> so they took the language out and maybe that's why I don't recall it. I mean, well, yeah, like you yeah. said, we were probably four, maybe five when, when this was, you know, coming on the air. So it might've just not been in the wheelhouse until yeah, you know, we discovered yeah. it, you know, advertising was great, but if you didn't regularly flip through CBS, you might not know that it's on, you know, it, it wasn't like, yeah, blitzed yeah. all over social media like it is today, you know. And even yeah. then, I still miss half of what's out there. I think it had what most people refer to as legs. It, not, I'm not just talking about Daisy's legs, but I mean that it got more popular as the seasons went on. And I remember watching it. I don't know if it was more in uh, like its normal time slot and all that, or maybe in reruns or on the weekends or something. Uh, I do remember watching it when it got to what would have been, I guess, what, TNN or someplace like that on yep. cable. Yep. But, yeah, I do remember uh, my earliest memories would definitely be the theme song in the opening of the show with the card. Just I was enthralled with the General Lee, more or less. I didn't really care too much about the characters or stories or anything. It was all about watching those cop car chases. And um, them getting away from Boss Hog and yeah. Roscoe and Enos and Cletus and all the other ones. But, uh, yeah, and then just all the vehicles. And then you had the CB talk and the Shepherd and Lost Sheep and Bo Peep and and whatever Cooter's – what was Cooter's handle? Um, anyway. Oh, uh, Crazy Cooter. Cra- yeah, yeah. Something so, Crazy C. It yeah. would be fun to watch them kind of go back and forth on the CB trying to get away from Roscoe. And every once in a while they would cut in and Roscoe, I'm going to get you this time. And he'd have those crazy traps set up with the the speed limit signs that changed and all that kind of stuff, you know. Or the, and, or the traffic light that dropped out of a tree. Yeah, yeah. Anything or, like that oh, was, yeah. was so much fun to a kid watching, you know, and the car chases and everything, but yeah, I, I more or less worshiped the car than uh, anything else on the show. When I was a kid, I would, I would say the same, you know, I, who was it? It wasn't too long ago. Someone was, I think it was our buddy, Chatty young. I think he was trying to gag me or, you know, jab at me saying, Oh, you, you know, you watched it for Daisy. I'm like, you know what? She was okay. <laughs> you know, which probably is going to, if I ever met her, she'd probably punch me in the face. But, you know, she wasn't, to me, She it was not we about hit her. puberty yet. Yeah, so. And so this, this it's about a kid. car. Yeah. And again, take it back to that era when we were five, six, seven. We believed everything that was on TV. So you see this old orange car. Jumping. Yeah. Jumping God. airborne 
doing ski mode like Kit on two wheels, being a ghost at one episode, and you believe that's legit. And yeah. when the car crash, you know, landed, you never put the connection. At least now I do with adult eyes. I cower. It is a 40-year-old show now. I yeah. cower every time I see that charger getting ready to land. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. Oh, it yeah. just went. So, you know, you see, for me, I'd always see the, uh, like, the back trunk snap. Mm-hmm. It looked like it was, that's where that frame would snap. So I see it now. But back then, nothing. It's like Kit, yeah. you know, yeah. the molecular bonded shell. Yeah, that that transom's invincible. <laughs> And, and climbing through the windows, you know, that was uh, just a quirky thing. You know, the doors are welded shut, so you got to slide into the windows. They're yep. sliding across the hood. They're changing, you know, in the middle of uh, whatever, a, a car chase. They're changing from the driver's seat to the passenger seat, you know, and all kinds of just that, crazy stuff. Yep. And it was just the whole dynamics, you know, they were the good guys. That were challenging the system of the law, which was corrupt. Corrupt. <laughs> yeah. I was trying to. It was, it, there were times where they weren't as corrupt, but yeah, right, for the right. for the the gist of the the whole storyline, it was a corrupt system, and the Duke boys were most, if not all, of the time put to blame for everything that they did. So they had to get themselves legally out of it, and sometimes like get thrown in jail. And, Mm -hmm. you know, all that just to come out, you know, they were right. So, yeah, it was it was a I I love that show. And I know and I'm stepping on toes. If I am, I apologize. But for us, it was about the show and what that, you know, the the car and the show represented. Uh, Good old boys, family. There was some fun. There was some heckling like nowadays. I mean, nowadays, if you want to compare the. Uh, the raciness of it. I mean, girls in bikinis back then were, you didn't see much of Daisy. I mean, you saw legs, but you didn't see anything more. Nowadays, if you see a bikini, you see outlines of everything else. I mean, watch a, <laughs> yeah. watch an episode of Friends, you see nips shown all day long on that freaking show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least Duke's a hazard. Different era, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm pointing fingers there, but I mean, some people point fingers at that, just that sheer point there. Then of course we got the controversy of the flag, and yeah. this this is not the show to talk about that. No, but for no. me, and I'll I'll put it at at this. To me, that was part of the car. It was it was just that car, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, and again, it's it's different eras, right. so people weren't as sensitive back then, and there wasn't really a lot of what I I would say like bad intentions about it. It represented a culture, represented Southern culture, the the flag at least. And it was just all part of that. It wasn't uh, necessarily to be racial or anything like that. It's just how how it was back then. And I understand how the culture changes over time and people become a little bit more sensitive and knowledgeable about a certain subject. And people are, you know, it's legit that people are upset over things symbols like that and some people take them one way or the other and that's still going on to this day but to us it was just the innocence that was part of the car right. and we had no real connection with the rebel flag you know right. so and it was a more like you said shows were more family oriented back then too especially on a prime time weeknight right uh it, it would be a family they, they yeah you know that's what i liked about the dukes I've 
more or less admired John Schneider, all of the cast really, but John Schneider as a man of faith, he was the one who requested that they start doing the simple things of saying grace at the dinner table. Some of it was comical at times, you know, but he was the one that introduced that. And that's what I liked is mm-hmm. there was a little bit of uh, gospel, something in there. There was a little bit of, you know, uh, speaking of God. and But it wasn't overly blatant either. I mean, yeah. Uh, so it wasn't like a religious show. I think it's funny that the Fast and Furious movies do the same thing. You know, they still got kind of kept that tradition going. They got to sit down and the first one to reach for food has to say grace. And it's, again, it's, it's more or less, that was part of your, your family back then, you know, it coming out of the, even like 50s, 60s, it there's more traditional sit down dinner with your family. Right. You'd say grace and, more church going people and all that. And that culture's kind of changed throughout television history. And even in the mid eighties, once you got to like Miami vice, there was a lot more violence and sex and drugs and all kinds of stuff that was incorporated into primetime TV shows. But for the most part, I think it was more or less wholesome enough that the whole family could sit down and watch it. Exactly. And that was pretty pretty popular at the time or, or just the way that television was, you know, in those early right. late 70s, early 80s, it was still had some had some redeeming qualities, we'll say. Uh, just sticking around there for a second, I was going to ask you, what kind of toys did you have growing up? Uh, with the Dukes. So my favorites, I was a big matchbox size kid and I had a lot of those Ertl Mm-hmm. Dixie hazards. There was a time where I would play with them so much I'd rub the Dixie flag off. <laughs> so I've got one that I picked up from I think RetroCon a couple years ago. It's mm-hmm. called the Dixie Challenger. It was like the whatever knockoff. It wasn't the uh, the general, but it was orange and it had the flag on it, and they called yep. it the Dixie Challenger. And I think I had that one as a kid. I didn't have like an actual general with an O one on the side. You know, I had the General Lee. I had a the police cars, which I always, I never liked the police cars because it was not the Dodges that were on the show. It was mm-hmm. always a Pontiac Bonneville or whatever equivalent. But um, that aside, I, I'd play with those so much. And I don't know where they found them, obviously, <laughs> the department stores, Light Singers, probably. Yeah. But I would go through them so much. I had, I want to say at one point before I started putting them aside, I want to say I had at least eight maybe 10 of those general Lee's <laughs> hovering around enough um, to do all the stunts like they did in the show, you know? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, I had, I thought it was leaf, but you and I talking about our toy box collection. I want to say I did have that plastic one. I don't remember having the characters. I might have, but I definitely did. You mean the uh, the little playset with the barn and everything? You yeah, bust through. Yeah, I just don't remember that barn set. I remember the the plastic general. I just don't remember the barn set. But there's a part of me that thinks I'm I can place myself playing it in the little tiny hallway between my bedroom <laughs> and my sister's room that I had the barn set, and maybe I did have it, and I just one of those that I didn't play with as much because I like the matchbox size better. Yeah. I don't think I, Oh, I had the bed sheets, uh, and the, and even the window, um, <laughs> yes. drapes, whatever they were. 
Yeah. The drapes got left behind. That's what pissed me off. They got left behind in Dory Street. I got the bed set. It's still in my memorabilia box. Oh wow, you still have it. Yeah. In fact, I I pulled. Did I pull them out in our? Um... You might have. Uh, I was trying to remember. I, I guess it was probably you then that I remember seeing the sheets and curtains. And you still have. You said um, some of the birthday party items from one of I your birthday the napkins, parties. Yes, and uh, that was a, a true stumble thing. I did not know I had them. We were in the process of moving. I don't think from Clearfield to my stepdad's house there in Frenchville. I think it ended up being, but when we're moving from Frenchville out to opposite of my grandmother's that I stumbled onto them in a box <laughs> and I just latched onto them. I like, I made sure that I kept them in a box. Um, yeah. And that box turned into a, one of those older Rubbermaids, probably about, geez, I have to be 35 years old. <laughs> wow. No, not 35. Sorry. But out of the Air Force for, so 28, 25 years. Yeah. Um, so it's 25 years old. It's been sitting in that same bin. I pull them <laughs> out to show that I still have them and then I put them back in. But yeah, I still have those. But my collection's pale in comparison to what Cooter actually has. That is. Yeah, that's museum. true. Yeah. We saw. Pretty much everything. We'll get to that. But uh, I want to say I had a cereal bowl, or maybe you had the bowls and cups too. That was yes. was uh, Dukes of Hazard themed, and I had the bowls. They've gone MIA. I used to have the cups, and then I I think they went away too. But I was mm-hmm. able to find them in different venues. I have two, maybe three of those now. <laughs> um, yeah. Can't remember what else I have. What about you? Did you have anything? Yeah, I just don't remember much. Just the the matchbox cars and a little things here and there in my memory that either I had or you had. And don't remember too much, even though that like you said, we found out there was just that Dukes of Hazard logo and imagery was on just about anything you can think of. Uh do you remember watching the cartoon at all? Because I'd have no memory of watching the cartoon. I remember watching the cartoon. I think it was a Saturday. I want to say there was a, there was a period where they kind of doubled up. What I mean is they had the Dukes and it was on Saturday mornings. It wasn't very long or didn't air very long. And then either back to back or it was maybe early morning. They had the reruns of the Dukes of Hazard, mm-hmm. And then it was later on. I thought it was back to back, but I'm, I'm, I might be mixing it up, but then you saw the Dukes. And the only thing I really remember about the cartoon is obviously it's cartoon. So the car now bends and (laughs) does all types of flunky things that the car never did. Right. But there was one episode where they pull this lever. It's like an old choke lever looking thing. Mm -hmm. And the Journalese tires inflate like super giant, bigger than like a monster (laughs) truck. But it doesn't roll; it bounces. It's like a, a um, like a trampoline mechanism type uh-huh. of thing. Interesting. And that's all I remember about <laughs> it. I don't remember much of anything else about that that cartoon. Yeah, yeah, I don't remember watching it at all. But yeah, over the years, like I said, I I remember watching reruns on cable, catch an episode here or there. 
just a couple years ago, the Google Play Store put the first season on sale for it was less than ten bucks. I want to say maybe seven or eight bucks, and I pulled the trigger on it and started watching episodes with the oldest boy. We enjoyed that. I haven't gone back to watch the entire series in forever. I'm not even sure if I've seen the entire series, but there's episodes I remember. And, you know, of course, there's that (laughs) huge kerfuffle, what, season five-ish or six-ish? Yeah, with uh, where they had the breakdown. Yeah, they had the breakdown in the... uh, negotiations for the stars and essentially the uh production company i don't know who was uh filming it but they were pretty much like well we can get anybody to plug in here we don't need you guys and in comes coin vance and that more or less turned out to be the uh, a disaster and finally got them back and you know the story better than i do and i don't know how many more seasons it lasted past that do you know how many total it, seasons total seasons it, was seven seven okay. um if i remember because they they had a everybody asked the question why what happened in season five why they bring in coin vance and it's essentially what was going on was it wasn't so much the pay as it was the merchandise, right? The merchandise. Yeah. So Warner faces Brothers on the merchandise and whomever and all that. was yeah. exactly they were using John and Tom's likeness on the characters all over the place. Well, whoever it is, Ertle or whoever's raking in the money, and it's licensed by in the end, CBS, Warner Brothers, well, it's them getting, you know, the their ten percent, fifteen percent cut. But none of the actors. Yeah. That's their likeness. So they did a big protest and said, no, not until you pay us. You know, if you're using our likeness, you're you're going to pay us for it. And That's right. they kind of pulled a fast one and they just walked out. They ended season four. See ya. And it was kind of like reality hit them because the ratings were starting to dip when they brought Coy and Vance on because – Right. Who the heck are these two people? <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, cousins. and that's it. You know, they get kind of get a bad rap because they were, they stuck out. Who are they? They're trying to be like it. They wear the same shirts, except it's opposite now. You know, the, the dark haired guy now wears, which is uh, Vance, wears the yellow shirt. <laughs> and Coy now wears the blue plaid uniform that, you know, Luke used to wear. So it was kind of the quirkiness. But, you know, obviously the ratings fell and fell and fell and it turned into, uh, well, I guess we got to give these guys what they're worth. And they redid the contracts and it it went fine. Roscoe, James Best had a a problem with them for a while. A lot of it was his, I guess it was his, um, the camper trailer, whatever they do when they're on location or when they're set up for mm-hmm. like the season, they, they have their own little trailer that they go rest in or whatever. And I think at least one of the issues that he was having is it would continually leak. So he's like, you got to get me a better, you know, whatever. And there was episodes where he's missing and they brought in this new sheriff, you know, so-and-so or whatever. And that's because he was fighting Warner brothers oh, wow. to get him a, a better trailer 
just on the property of you fix theirs, you don't fix mine, <laughs> you know, type of mentality. So, and it's funny to watch all this and learn about, you know, you, you think they're the star, you know, they're catered to and whatever, but every series seems to have their own, I won't say every, but a lot of them seem to have their own niche into making, to take a stand, I'll call it. Dukes took the stand at merchandising. So yeah, now, yeah. you know, things had a realty to it. Yeah, it was probably a precedent at, at, for the time. I mean, right. There was tons of merchandise in the early 80s. Knight Rider, you know, all the popular shows had uh, toys and trading cards and whatever else out there with those likenesses on there. So I, I, I would venture a guess that it was one of the ones that set the precedents for the stars to get paid for their likenesses on all the all the stuff but right uh just moving forward so let's kind of <laughs> bring it forward here because uh, like <laughs> like you said I, I know you can go all day on here and we could break down favorite episodes and all that maybe we'll do that at some point but uh one of my favorite things to watch I, I will go back to it every once in a while when it comes to mind is in the i don't know maybe late 80s or early 90s John Schneider and Tom Wopat were on, I think it was on TNN when that was still around. Yeah. And they performed the theme song themselves. They did. And I love that video so much. I mean, they're, I mean, John Schneider had his own musical career and uh, a lengthy one, I would say more or less than, than Tom Wopat, but hearing them sing the song is just, it makes me smile all the way through the video. I love it. Yeah. Thank you. Just two good old boys. Never meaning no harm. Beats all you never saw. Been in trouble with the law since the day they was born. Straighten the curves Flatten the hills One day the mountain might get them But the law never will Making their way Just a little bit more than the law would allow. Just too good, old boy. Never mean no harm. These all you never saw been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. Straightening the curves, that's right. You know they're planting the hills, everyone.
They've done an album together. I I did a it was a oh really starter. They did an yeah. album together. I've never cracked it open. Um, <laughs> it's kind of the novelty that wow they did a, a, You're right, a right yeah a CD together and there's a part of me that doesn't want to crack it open because it's that whole nuance that oh I got their CD yeah you know yeah. and I did the Kickstarter to do it I think I paid twenty bucks <laughs> it wasn't much but that nuance of them and. Yeah, I, I enjoy them. They're they're a good friendship. Tom is um he was big on Broadway for a while. Mm-hmm. And then he was on a traveling show, geez, for ten years, I wanna say. He's now in a I think it's a movie. I just saw a headline. I follow him on Facebook and mm-hmm. um, um but he's in a new brand new movie and I just wanna I just wanna go see it. Yeah. Because yeah. it's now he um just last year Mickey told me to watch uh what is the movie where they're truckers and crapola it's around Christmas time and it, I, I think it was filmed either while they were still filming the Dukes of Hazard or maybe like right after it and they they play these two brothers I think that go uh, they're they're truck drivers and. There's some family conflict there. Can't remember the name of the dang movie now, but uh, I just I just watched it. I think last year, made it through okay. It was it was fun for what it was. Going into kind of again more modern times and being more fanboys of the series, we did stop at Cooter's place, like you said, uh, on our or my road trip to forty. Yeah, and we did a an episode on that. You can go back in this feed and find our road trip to 40 episode. And we talk about visiting Cooter's place and seeing all of the, the merchandise and stuff, but you've gone to a, a couple other little get togethers and been able to meet the cast and get some things signed. So talk a little bit about that and, and kind of meeting the stars and, uh, and all the, uh, the parade of general Lee's <laughs> uh, so over the I'm- years. I've only been to two cooters. The first one was with you there, the road trip to 40 there in Nashville. And that was just awe inspiring in itself to see. I know they're all replicas, but still to see generally in front of cooters to know that Ben Jones owns that place. He may not run a day to day, but he's, you know, he owns the joint. And to see that, like we've said, especially in that video, there's just thousands upon thousands of things nostalgia that i didn't even know existed he had scripts he had the the original door original uncle jesse's farmhouse back in covington georgia that's right um the like the original uniforms like from roscoe that was all there and it just it just astounded me how much was there now i went to cooter's last stand in Geez, what was that? Twenty eighteen? Yeah, twenty eighteen, I think. That's there is a video out there on the YouTube yeah. our YouTube channel, I think, of you visiting there and Right. 
and um, you know, I I kind of do a walkthrough with the video of it. That's right. And I intro, you know, they're just a plethora of General Lee's, like a river of them. I think <laughs> at the end of the count, both days, they had sixty plus General Lee's there, mm-hmm. and they were different. You know, most of them were the stock '69 Dodge Charger. There were minor variations. Some had the grill guard, some didn't. Some had the black interior, some had the right tan interior. A few did not have the roll bars. Most did. But then they had the black General Lee. So there's a black one. has a black one with orange 01 on the side. Really? That would have been interesting to see. There's, there's another colored charger out there. I think it's a green one. Because uh, there was a time where they painted the generally green no, so okay so they mimic that so they have the green generally with the push bar the right rims the roll cage but it's just green hmm. um and most of them have some kind of picture like up close shot of the boys when they're driving the generally like they would be in the studio yeah. and you see a scene they throw that as a as the sun shield in the windshield to make it look like they're <laughs> driving the car very nice then you see the more modern takes. So you see the updated 2005, 6, 7 era of chargers that are painted just like the General Lee. You see a Challenger painted up the General Lee. There was, I think, I can't remember now, there was some eco car. I say eco. I'm, I'm thinking like a, I don't, I, I'm, I'm misnaming it. It's not, a, it's not like a Dodge Neon. But something in that realm is painted up the General Lee. But hey. Yeah. Good for them. There's a few <laughs> squad cars. They brought a few Dodge Monaco's and Plymouth Furies out there that you know mimic uh, Roscoe and Enos's squad mm-hmm. cars. Most of the interior was shot. It's like they put all the money on the paint and that was it. Um, <laughs> um, there might not be too many left after you know as many well, as they've wrecked over the years. And... Well, the thing you know, not a small bunny trail, but if you look, those cars seem to be the favorite stunt car to be junked. Right. A teams junked them. Uh, it, was, it was probably the one in the the Blues Brothers film where they junked all those cars. Yeah, those squad Dukes, cars too. Yeah, Dukes did it. There was a few others. Uh, I just saw a movie or something that had those cars on. They were smashing one or two of those. I'm like, gee whiz, those cars were must have been the favorite, <laughs> or they were cheapest, the cheapest cars out there to find a wreck. Yeah, I can't, yeah. I can't figure it out. Or, but anyway, more durable that they could fix back up and wreck again or something. That, you know, that could be it. <laughs> <laughs> um, they had one or two Uncle Jesse's white Ford pickup trucks out there. There's a couple Daisy Jeeps. In fact, uh, there was a wedding when I was there, and really? the, the cast was part of the wedding party. So I don't know. If, <laughs> I don't know. If, but Daisy was like the maid of honor, but she was up there. That's funny. Because that was the screwy part, right? We're all there to go see these people, and I get it. <laughs> they're there for the fans and I'm sure they grin and bear it and some might they actually like it but they had walked out I had been in line to see Daisy that was the first line I went into and hers was the longest well I take that back uh, John Schneider's was the longest she was second then it was Tom but I had been waiting to see her line hadn't moved she came out really late I mean they were supposed to come out at like 10 and she didn't come up till like 11 30 and then she was there all of half an hour and they had to go do the wedding. I'm like, are you kidding me? Come no, on. So anyway, so we had to go wait for that. 
I skipped line and went over to Cletus's because it was just ridiculous. But anyway, when they came back from the wedding, you see her and the cast. I saw Daisy and they were taking a quick ride. Uh, well, not ride, sitting in the Jeep. The, the people that were getting married, the girl had Daisy's Jeep and the guy had the General Lee. So they were taking pictures and getting their autographs on the cars and, and stuff, you know, with the cast. And it was kind of cool to see that. But, you know, us people, the hundreds of people standing in line waiting for autographs were like, come on, guys, come on. You're taking away our, our time. Yeah. But that but was you the- eventually did get most you have most of their autographs, right? Mm-mm. I only have Ben Jones artificially, meaning someone bought me a calendar from one year and he, he just signs like a hundred at, at a time or whatever. Okay. So it was autographed, but not, you know, I didn't get to meet not personalized. Yeah. Personalized. Yeah. The same with Enos. I got a birthday present. It's a, it's an Oh one baseball cap with Enos on the bill, but I never mm-hmm. got to meet him. It was a, it got sent in the mail. Cletus, I got to meet. And with Cletus, it was it was really interesting to meet him because, you know, he's up there. He's, when I think when I met him, he was in his mid to late 70s. And I still remember he's fumbling over this tasty cake or something. He's like, oh, these are pretty good. These are good. Oh, thank you for getting it. You know, he just mm-hmm. seemed like a oh, grandpa, really. I mean, that's just <laughs> what a, a goofy grandpa. Well, most people just want their autograph or a picture, you know, give them a 20 and, you know, or whatever the price is and go. Well, I was serving, obviously, in the military, and military typically has coins. And I have the last coins that I that I got from my squadron. And uh, I served in the 94th Intelligence Squadron, known as the Cougars, but the comically enough, our color is orange. Hmm. And... The coin actually has a little the where where the cougar opens its mouth. It's actually a bottle opener. So I handed him one. I said, I, I hope you don't mind, but I have a gift for you. I said, I want to just say this is just a small token for entertaining us. You guys always entertained us and, and you put all your effort in, in doing your character. And here you are. You're entertaining us again by just, you know, meeting, greeting us and taking pictures. But I said, for me, I just want to say thank you. And I hope you can accept it. He goes, this this is great. But then when I said, you know, I'm in the Air Force and, and told him how I did say I was in the intelligence squadron. Man, it was like he just came unhinged, like lucid. Oh, oh, is there any, any uh, anything going on over the Middle East? You know, is there any, any big... Uh, situation we need to be aware of that's coming out of Syria right now. And, like, <laughs> holy cow! Dude is in tune to the world. Yeah. He's not the bumbling guy I just watched yeah. two minutes ago. 180. So I said, why well, the joke was, I said, well, I said, I'm actually the computer guy. So I work on the computers that look at that stuff. And then a guy chirped up right behind me and said, it, he's like, if he did, he'd have to kill you. I was like, well, <laughs> it's not like that, but I couldn't talk about it even if I could, you know, yeah. if I had the info, I said, I'm the computer guy. I fixed their computers. Goes, oh, okay. Well, this is great. I really thank you for this. I got a couple pictures of him. I was right behind, you know, thumbs up type of pictures. I think they're, I sent you those too. To put yeah. Up on the- I think they're, uh, 
actually that picture i did a montage for the youtube video the your walkthrough and yeah. that's part of that uh overall image there right. but and i well, got that's him to, cool and i got him to sign um i'll take one step back when i was serving over in korea i discovered that james best had a website and he would autograph basically anything in his store if you ordered it and it was to me relatively cheap i think it was 10 bucks so i bought an eight by eight by ten glossy of the entire cast who was sitting on the like the hood of the general lee mm -hmm. and my goal when i found that out was to get everyone's autograph on that picture obviously i got james gotcha. but i never got to meet him and the funny thing is i got to uh dorothy his wife she's the one i really interacted with when i was ordered it which was very minor but i interacted with her nonetheless yeah um fast forward here i am at this her line was also very minimal i so i went over to her line i got to meet dorothy best and the corny one of this is dorothy played in one of the episodes of the dukes of hazard and i don't know how that worked because <laughs> I swear there's like a 25 year difference between the two, but you know, I'm not judging, <laughs> but it's just corny because you see it's, it's a, an early episode where he's, Oh, I can't remember who the guy is. Anyway, the guy stutters in the episode and he's trying to win a horse race. So the Dukes basically give him seed money or help fund to get this horse mm -hmm. going and the little daughter who's in pigtails is Dorothy. Oh, oh, wow. And when you see, you see James Best, who's in his mid forties at the, at, at least in the episode, you see this girl come out if she's 20. I mean, I swore she was 17 in that episode, but <laughs> I'll give her the benefit of the doubt that she was playing 17 and probably 20. Interesting. I didn't know. So that. it just looks, you know, quirky, but anyway, so fast forward, like I said, I'm, I'm meeting Dorothy. And she was all too happy about talking about James and how she still, you know, missed him and uh, and he had passed at that time. And uh, I ended up I wasn't intending to buy anything, but I ended up buying a um, the sheriff posters, you know, Roscoe for sheriff. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice. He had. Um, she said that they weren't going had no plans of reprinting them, but since James really loved his fans. One of the last things he insisted on is to keep it going as long as the fans wanted it. So they were nice. able to reprint that. And I gave her a coin as well and said, I want to thank you for, you know, your support and James for playing the role of Roscoe and all that. I said, I love the show and all that. And that ate up most of my day because I was <laughs> not going to sit in line for, for any of the other ones. Now, I did spot Tom. Tom had made an announcement. I felt bad for Tom. Because he would, he would stand, he would sit down to do the autograph and picture or whatever. But then, or I'm sorry, to, to autograph. But then he would stand right back up and take his photo, and they'll go meet someone else, and then he so go sit back down to go stand back up. Yeah. The poor guy yeah. just you know back up, up, and, and, down, down, up and, and down, up and down. They probably all are. But then he had to make a... an announcement that they had to do something. Oh, it's for the wedding. That's what it was for. It was for the wedding. But he was like. I don't know, within 10 feet, if not more, maybe a little bit more from me. So I'm, I got to see him up close. I didn't meet him or interact with him, but yeah. got to see him. I saw Enos kind of in between people. I saw John drive up as a passenger 
as they were taking him to the little signing booths. He was waving, hey, how's it going? Hey, I'll, I'll be seeing you in a little bit. Yeah. You know, he was doing that kind of thing. And there was just a line for him. And what I mean a line, it would had to have been two, 300 people sitting in line. I wow. mean, there was a line. And the funny thing with all of them, you'd see people wheeling up parts from the from their generals. So there oh, was a guy that had a, yeah. yeah, there was a guy that had the, <laughs> the trunk lid. Oh, wow. Off. And he's, you know, holding it. There's another guy that has a, a dolly with the door, driver, passenger door. <laughs> wow. Another wow. guy has the glove box in his hand. You know, it's 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 hilarious what these That's guys were crazy. doing. That's crazy. And then well, it I sounds got, like a, I'm sorry. Oh, uh, the final thing. I got to see Ben, but a fan basically pummeled him and he turned. He, so, of course, you know, he got hurt, I guess. Uh, ben that was and he didn't want to see anybody else so i'm like dude come on one fan goes crazy and we can't go take pictures shake their hands or whatever with with ben Mm. so one of his aides or whoever came up and and said hey you know there's anything you want signed i can go get it signed i said no i said can you give this as a gift though i've been wanting to give it to him i would like to take a picture but i understand i said can you give him this coin and tell him thanks for you know, taking care of us, uh, being a fan, at least for me. He says, what's your name? He wrote my name on the little, there was a little, it came in a little plastic sleeve. Mm-hmm. So he wrote my name, thanks, something, and then from Wyatt. So cool. he got to see it. I mean, I got the wave at him, and that was about it. Well, it sounds like a, it could have been a better experience, but uh, still got to have a fun day and just kind oh, of yeah. take in all of the, Dukes of Hazard culture. I did find the name of that movie. It's called Christmas Comes to Willow Creek. Oh yes, and it was, it was on maybe Tubi or one of those free streaming channels when I uh, watched it uh, about a year ago or so. So I have never had the notion to watch the new movies. I didn't even realize there was two. There's one from the 2005, the one with uh, Johnny Knoxville and uh, Jessica Simpson. And then they did another one in 2007, like Dukes of Hazard: The Beginning. Yes. Never had the notion to press play on either of those. Didn't well, know that the second one existed, but I went through. I've watched. It took me a while uh, to succumb to it. I've watched the reunion movie when it came out. I was like, I had the VCR mm-hmm. set that still dates it. Um, I had the VCR <laughs> set up to watch it, and then I, I'm like a sucker, Columbia House. Here I come. I got both it and the Hazard and Hollywood movies, and then they came out the DVD, and of course I captured those up too. But I have gone through. I, I was very reluctant because Ben Jones really gave the newer movie a uh, a real sour rapport. So I was apprehensive for the longest time to watch it. But then I'm like, you know what? At least if I can at least watch it and then tell you that it was terrible or whatever save somebody else from watching it yeah so i did watch it and i love the stunts the language was horrid in that i mean f-bomb and everything else i mean it was not i know they tried they used the car to say it was dukes of hazard that was it that was it yeah it was yeah that's what i kind of heard too and was not really interested well it was very also very racy i mean especially towards the outtakes and stuff. I mean, 
it was holy cow. You think yeah. <laughs> you think Daisy was racy in nineteen seventy nine? Holy cow! Now I've uh, never watched the the movie that uh, apparently it was based on the Moon Runners. Have you ever seen that? No, I ne- from never from nineteen. I think 1975 here. I'm looking yeah. now yeah. on the Google machine. That's something I need to watch at some point just Same to here. say I have, but, uh, I thought we'd end. We're, yeah, we're going on a little bit longer on this episode, <laughs> which is fine. Cause I know this is a big one for you, uh, especially, but what I wanted to end on was our fun little trip to Covington, Georgia. I think around 2010, maybe I'm trying to remember when you were down here, I think it was around that time uh, my in-laws were still living or still had a home in uh, Marietta, Georgia, and you were down for your college, right? Uh, or it was uh, some training or something at Maxwell? No, this was the one of those surprise, I think it was one of the surprise tickets that my my wife got me to come down and visit. Was it you. okay? I was. I don't. Because you decided thinking... to make a whole day out of it because, or well, a weekend because you happened to be going to. It was around Thanksgiving, and I was thinking it was you were down for some training for like four or six weeks, and we well, were working. We were working on our little mask script, but I was thinking it was. Uh, were you able to like travel while you were still there? I could be wrong. Maybe it was when you were so down. My training happened mm-hmm. in August. So it wasn't around, tra- was not around there. Okay. Um, I, I, but flew. anyway. Yeah. So we went to go see Covington. Yeah. We, we went up to Marietta. And like I said, I thought it was over Thanksgiving weekend because we're just trying to figure out what to do while we're up there. And well, let's take a trip. Uh, I don't know how it came up, but. We decided to go see if we could find some of the filming locations. Uh, and we found, well, you knew it. Part of it uh, was at the, uh, was it Emory University, I think, where the mm-hmm. the one jump from the intro is. And we found the building and th- found what we thought was the uh, strip of road where they jumped uh, the General Lee. And we found, what else did we find? We found the, the Boar's Nest, which was owned by a church yep. which i've, <laughs> I've been funny. following the church uh-huh basically allows fans to go and i don't know if it's a annual thing or regular thing but they basically let them have you know have their duke's day yeah there yeah that's that's cool and you thought we maybe found some of the other shooting shots of where the the road and some railroad tracks or something and but the main thing was the square or the circle really right. of the the town the the courthouse and all that uh just hanging out there taking pictures was great and i think that was probably my first experience of trying to find like filming locations and things like that from a a television show or movie and really got me intrigued to to visit some others over the years but i think that's where it kind of all started from and that was just a fun day Trying to Absolutely. We, just driving around and trying to find filming spots. That's what it was, really. That's that's exactly what it was. Like Jason just said, we uh, we saw the one jump. So there was a couple jumps in the very first episode. You see, one was by what looked like a, a they call it was a train depot. If you ask anybody, 
with big fans, but it looks like a warehouse or something's in the background. You see the cop car go first, and then you see the General Lee jump afterwards. We found that. The building's gone, but we found that that little rump of a hill. The Emory College that we, or university that we found, we joked that the scrapes, because there was a, there was a video. Yes. Uh, I guess it would, it would be now a YouTube video. I think it was a precursor to YouTube. But there was a video out that they did at the 25, the, yeah, the 25th jump of the General Lee. So they took a charger and took it down to the same exact spot and jumped it. And the scars we saw on the asphalt, I guess that that's where it's from. It could have been from a forklift for all I know, but I guess that that's what it was from. Yeah. We fantasized. Uh, That's what it was. Uh, It generally jumped here. (laughs) Exactly. But it was fun. It was it was such a good time and just trying to go off of your memories and driving around the that area and what we could what information we could find, I think probably on the internet, but that was great and that was just a just a fun, you know, whatever, 25, 30 years after the fact, maybe even more that uh we were trying to uh find those filming locations, but Dukes of Hazard's a big one in our childhood and I guess still kind of in our nostalgia over the years and this was fun this was a great episode absolutely like i said before if you have anything like this if you have any interests please we're welcome for you to to share it with us if you care to comment jason will have show notes uh we also have our social media sites and obviously we have our voicemail so please chime in anytime you want Tell us about your fond memories of the Dukes of Hazard. Uh, maybe you can regale us about Boss Hog or a corny thing of Roscoe. Maybe you met all the Dukes and you could tell us all about everybody. Love to hear it. Yep. This has been great. It has. Yeah, so on behalf of Jason, I'm Wyatt. Thanks again for joining us for Memory Jogger. Memory Jogger.